Welcome to For the Health of It. I'm your host, Corian K. Pad Padgett, and this is your number one source for all things sports, health, and fitness related. Oh, hold on, Coach. What does For the Health of It stand for? Good question, Austin. The For and For the Health of It stands for our four principles, which are mindset, movement, nutrition, and recovery. Okay, cool. Let's do it for the health of it then. Man, 2021 has been a crazy, hectic year. Uh, for the Health of It was nominated for two award shows, uh, the Black Podcasting Awards and the, the uh, People's Choice Awards for podcasts. So, as you may be able to tell by that earlier sound, I am now a proud father to a new beautiful baby girl. And that put a little, you know, change in the plans. At the start of this year, I was planning on releasing a new episode every week. But being a new parent, uh, it's, it's different. <laughs> it, it definitely put a halt to those plans. But I appreciate each and every one of you uh, for listening to this show. Thank you so much. And now, without further ado, let's get into this new episode. Welcome to another edition of For the Health of It. I'm your host, Corian K. Pad Padgett. And today I have with me Patty Lou from Driven to Peak Consulting. Patty, how are you doing? I'm good, how about yourself? I'm doing quite well, doing quite well. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Uh, first question, let's go ahead and tell the folks, who are you and what do you do? I'm Patty Lou. I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia as a performance enhancement consultant slash coach with a master's degree related to performance and sports psychology. I help high school and young adult athletes overcome the mental blocks that prevent them from improving their performance and achieving their goals. I take on younger athletes on a case-by-case -case basis. Okay. All right. So uh, you got your master's in this. Uh, where did you get your master's from? The University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Nice, nice. So is that that's... Is that associated with the volunteers? Oh, the Tennessee Volunteers, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Same school? Okay, cool, cool. Yes. Cool. All right, now, where did you get your uh, undergrad? Undergrad, it was Randolph-Macon College in Hanover, Virginia. Okay, and what did you get your degree in for undergrad? Psychology, just um, plain um, general psychology. Okay. All right, so tell me a little bit about your background. What, what drove you to psychology? And then what, uh, more specifically, what drove you to uh, sports psychology? Well, um, growing up, I was around my childhood age, six, seven, or eight years old. My first exposure to sports was watching Michael Jordan of the Chicago Bulls win his fifth and sixth championships on TV by playing against the Utah Jazz. From that moment on, I fell in love with sports and I knew from that moment on, I wanted a career related to sports. Fast forward to my teenager years, I saw Tiger Woods play golf. He made playing golf cool and that made me want to try the game. Well, trying the game meant taking golf lessons. And in the process of taking golf lessons, I became aware of athletes' wants, needs, frustrations, and fears because I experienced them all. Luckily, I had that golf instructor provide me that non-judgmental and safe environment to honestly discuss my struggles. Not all traditional sports coaches do that. I was lucky enough to have one who did. 
The difference between me and a traditional sports coach is that a traditional sports coach does what I do at a very surface level because they don't have the educational background that I have. I go way more in depth and I know way more techniques. As a result, I believe I can really help athletes. And since I knew that I was majoring in psychology in undergrad and I knew that I wanted a career related to sports, I decided to pursue my master's related to performance and sports psychology after undergrad. Fast forward to December of 2017, my friend and master's degree classmate who already started her own successful performance and sports psychology business convinced me to do the same. After a year and a half on my own, I hired a business coach to help me niche in and to help me clear up my messaging. For the year and a half I was on my own, people couldn't associate Driven to Peak Consulting with a target population and the typical person out in society doesn't know what I do for a living. I needed a simplified way to explain to the typical person out in society what I did for a living. And basically that was my elevator pitch that you heard at the beginning. Gotcha. Okay. So um, a couple, basically, we started working together in October of 2019. And in uh, December 2019, she was like, Patty, woman, I'm giving you until December 27th to pick your niche. Do you want to work with entrepreneurs? Do you want to work with people in the area of exercise performance? Or do you want to work with athletes? And then I was like, if I was on my deathbed, what population can I not live without myself trying to help? And that was athletes. So I decided to focus on high school and college athletes. A couple of weeks before that, I, I didn't know I would meet two entrepreneurs who would change my life forever through a free five-day challenge on list building. Uh -huh. The entrepreneur who was in charge of the list building has since taken me under her wing, and here we are a year later. Okay. So uh, let me ask you this. You said it, it, they, they basically told you, you got a your your performance based uh, psychology, and you were stuck between exercise, fitness, and athletics or athletes. How did you make that decision? Like, what what really drove you to that? I was like, my passion has always been related to sports, so that was the the main that was the main driven point. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. So. Uh, in a nutshell, what is sports psychology? Sports psychology is basically focusing on the mental side of sports performance. There's the physical side, where it's basically the sports skills, the strong body, and the nutrition. Then there's the other side of sports performance that often gets neglected. And that's what sports psychology focuses on, the mental side. And by the mental side of performance, I mean the negative self-talk, the I am not good enough, I will never be as good as this person, this person will always be better than me, the self-doubt, the perfectionism, the negative self-talk, the dedication, the commitment, the motivation. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. So, uh, what is your specialty in this field? Right now, I am focusing on working with high school and college athletes. Okay. And uh, you said you kind of like get them to get rid of that negative self-talk. Uh, so uh, I, know it's, I know it's different athlete to athlete, but can you give me an example 
of uh, what, like, what, what's, what's a general problem you see in a lot of athletes? The, um, the fear, the fear of failure. Okay. Like they're afraid of even failing, even before it even happens. Like um, right, right now, I'm currently working with a 10-year-old basketball player. He wow. is worried that when it, when it comes time to getting drafted in the NBA, that he won't do as well as he possibly could in the, um, basically in the NBA tryouts where you work out with the team before they draft you. He's worried about failing that like eight or 10 years before it's even right. That's what I was about to say, but he's only like 10 years old. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Goodness gracious. So, I mean, is he, is he a high level athlete for a 10 year old? Yes. He's very, very special. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, all right. Uh, now you, uh, so how can, how can what you do help athletes? All right, I'll, 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 I'll be like, okay, when you, were, when you were performing at your best or at a really high level, what were you doing? What were you focused on? And what are you focusing on now? Let them see the discrepancy. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. All right, and then uh, your clientele, uh, like you said, is mainly uh, high school and college athletes? Yes. Okay. Uh, why did you want to focus in on high school and college athletes? Well, with high school athletes, their motivation is they want to get a college athletic scholarship. And by working with a professional such as myself, they give themselves the best chance to do that. So those are the parents that would most likely be, be paying for a professional such as myself. Okay. Uh, since you brought up price, I want to ask you, so how much do you charge for your services? Right, right now, it, with, they have to purchase a package bundle. Okay. By purchasing a package bundle, I charge them $75 per session. Okay. And how long is the typical session? Typical session is 60 minutes. Okay. So one-on-one -on -one working together with me. Okay, and then uh, in that session, is like in that bundle, is there uh, is there a minimum amount of sessions that they yes. have? Yes, yes, those packages are three months, four months, and six months. Okay, and how many times, like, can you break it down, like how many times a month they need to see you or anything like that? Basically, they would see me once, once every week. Okay, so about four times a week, $75 a week, gotcha. Yes. Okay. Okay. That ain't bad. That ain't bad at all. That's not bad at all. Oh, okay. Uh, I lost my train of thought there, but uh, let's let's go down to uh, what what is your why? So I know what you do, Patty. I want to know why do you do it? Well, uh, because I'm passionate about sports. And I saw what my golf teacher did when I was struggling. And that really inspired me since I was already, I knew most likely I was majoring in psychology as an undergrad. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's combine the two. And I saw how him doing what he did at his surface level really helped me. And that's what inspired me to pursue this career because by me having more knowledge and going more in depth, I believe that I can really help athletes. 
it was okay. really that time with golf that really inspired this. Right, right. So do you still golf? Yes. Okay. And how, you started golfing at around what age? 13, 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, I bet you're pretty good. Uh, no, actually, I got injured not too soon, and that really kind of derailed it. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, but uh, you're, you're better than me. I bet that. Uh, yes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you mentioned Tiger Woods. Uh, so I'm sure he was like an inspiration to you and whatnot. Uh, me and a friend of mine, uh, oh, uh, two friends, uh, they're both uh, half Asian. One's half Korean, the other one's half Japanese. And uh, obviously, you know, I'm black. Uh, we always joke with each other, you know. Uh, I don't know if you're a Dave Chappelle fan, but they did like the racial draft and whatnot. Uh, Tiger Woods, is he black or Asian to you? Well, he'll always, he, he, I remember watching a, a um, interview. He, he says, that by saying that he's black, that, that you're insulting his mother because right. his mother is Asian. So he argues that he's not black. Okay. All right. Hey, then that's, that's, that's like an answer they'll say too. So, hey, you know, no, I can't, you know, we can't, obviously, you know, we're just doing this in jest, but yes. you know, uh, Tiger, he, he definitely represented for both uh, the black and Asian communities. So, uh, yeah. It's, that just is what it is. He represented for both of us. I can't can't put it any more simpler than that. And you know, he is the greatest golfer I ever seen, uh, and probably the greatest ever. Uh, even if he doesn't get that Jack Nicholson number. All right. Uh, do do do. Let's see. So you you mentioned that you don't really deal with PTSD, but mm-hmm. uh, I. I was thinking more PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress syndrome from something that, something not necessarily like war or anything like that, but something uh, even like a car wreck or anything like that, or or maybe maybe an athlete missing like a free throw or something mm-hmm. like that. How how would you help that athlete recover from that? Oh, you mean like for example, it's a playoff game and he missed the free throw and he keeps on dwelling, dwelling uh, on that missed free throw. Oh gosh, yes, that's gonna take some work because um, especially if it's like a big playoff game, like elimination, mm-hmm. it could take a long time to get over. Okay, so what are some things you would help them to do to get over that? Uh, I would mention all his previous success before that failure, Miss Free Throw, for him or her to see that that they have experienced success before, that they have knocked down um, free throws in crucial, um, important game situations before, because all they're going to focus on is that one that they miss. It's like they completely forgotten all the ones that they make before that big miss. Okay. So, uh, that makes sense. So would you, in in a session with them, would you like set up a free throw scenario or anything and actually like go through that or what? Maybe get, get him to practice more game realistic situations where he or she has to knock down that free throw so that the next time they are in that situation, the likelihood of them making that free throw is better because they've practiced it. Okay. All right. So uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Can you can you give me like what does your typical session look like for your average quote unquote 
uh, high school athlete? Well, the first session, I'm really going over the rules, um, establishing that relationship, going over expectations. The major thing with the first session is establishing a solid relationship. We do a little bit of sports psychology at the end, like the second half of the session, where we cover his or her performance issues, establish a game plan for future sessions. Okay. And that's with college or high school athletes? Yes. All right. All right. So uh, cool, cool, cool. So do you ever, uh, do you ever like bring in game time situations uh, depending on the athlete or do you, do you, is it more mental than that? Well, most likely I will have to bring in game-like situations because a common issue is they're able to produce that magical performance in practice, Mm -hmm. but they're not able to carry over that performance, magical performance from practice to competition. And the only way to get better is to make um, practice more game realistic than what they are currently doing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Uh, are you reading any uh, research articles or books uh, for your continued education at the moment? Actually, I do read some articles here or there to see what's up and what's new in the sports world. Okay. In the sports psych world. Um, yes, I do see that um, they have done some research on using a, a video game as an education tool. Mm-hmm. So that's something I have incorporated with the 10-year-old and NBA Live 2K. Oh, nice. Nice, nice. So that works for him? Yes, yes. That way he can get his video game time and hit, and learn some something to help him with basketball at the same time and make him and his parents happy both at the same time. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, how do you measure, like, because uh, a lot of people will say that there's no quantitative way to measure what you do. So how do you combat what they say and how do you measure success? Well, with measuring success, um, where, where, the, where we started from, like with the 10 year old, he, he, he dragged practicing going outside to the backyard and practicing on his basketball skills um, by himself when we first started. But like three weeks later, I, it was like once I convinced him to give up some of his Fortnite time for NBA 2K, I was like, try it for a week. Tell me how it goes. Let's just try it for a week and see if it works. And it clicked because it was creative and he was having fun and enjoying it. When he was trying it in the game, he saw the cool things that his character was able to do in the game. And then he tried it outside um, in real life basketball and he liked it. Oh, cool, 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 cool. I, see, I hear that a lot. Uh, even LeBron James does that sometimes. Uh, he, he mentioned uh, how uh, he would try different lineups with his own team and see how guys flow with each other. Uh, now, the yeah. only bad part about it is you don't get the real chemistry of each guy, but you can see how, you know, the percentages and all that will work out. That works. Okay. Uh, so, Tell me a little bit more about DTPC. How do you, like, where are you, how, where are you conducting your sessions? And are they, I know obviously now they're mainly virtual and whatnot, but 
Do you have your own studio or office? Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, no, I'm working from home. I'm working from home. So this is all done virtually through Zoom. Through Zoom, basically like this, and it's just me and the athlete. Oh, cool, 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 cool. All right, all right. So uh, basically we're about to wrap it up, Patty, but before we get you out of here, I want you to drop any and all social medias you might have. Uh, shout out anybody you want to shout out and then plug your business as well. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, Jenny Wright, this is for you. Um, if it wasn't for you, I, I don't think I would be on this podcast right now. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Good deal. Uh, my social media accounts are all at Driven to Peak Consulting. And my website is www.drivendepeakconsulting.com. My email is pattylou at drivenpeakconsulting.com. I also offer a free discovery call. So if you all want to learn more about sports psychology and how it can help your children improve their athletic performance, feel free to book a free call with me. The, the, the call is free, so no charge. Cool, cool, cool. Patty, thank you so much for getting on with us. This has been another episode of For the Health of It, and I really appreciate you. All right. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am.